comes through. He's got another one. Just add it to the reel. Liver. Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that seeks to separate the fact from the fiction. The podcast that seeks to answer the all-important question, who says no? My name is Matthew Donald and I have Nick Galea with me as I do every other week. And if you love the mega five-way trades, be sure not to follow this podcast because that is just way too complicated for us to be able to rack our brains around. If you're a fan of the old-fashioned player-for-player, pick-for-pick trades of the olden days, be sure then to subscribe to our podcast because we are much bigger fans of that. You'll be able to subscribe to the Salty Bulldog by by searching for the Salty Bulldog through Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And there's also our social media outlets as well, which uh, you should be interested in following over the next couple of weeks including Facebook and Twitter, the Salty Bulldog and that.salty.bulldog, respectively. But then there's our key social media channel as well, which is Twitter, the Salty Bulldog. Just search that in. You'll be able to follow the Salty Bulldog there. And we've also formulated a two-step process that is so simple, even Nick Galea can do it. Welcome to you, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for that solid jab there with my technology skills. Ah, It's not too bad. I'm getting gradually better, but um, no, good to be here. Uh, Matt and uh, yeah, there's a there's a fair bit to, to uncover over the past uh, week or so, and I'm sure it's going to go quite nuts over the next few days as well, or next there week is, actually. Yeah, there is so much to get through, um, but just just that two step process because we want to make sure this is very easy. So for all you Twitter users there, if you want to keep on top of any Western Bulldogs news that occurs over the off season, and if today is anything to go by, recording this on the Monday, there'll be a fair bit of it. Nick and I have been sitting here for at least half hour before going to air, just trying to sift through everything we want to talk about. So all you need to do is follow the Salty Bulldog on Twitter firstly. That's step one. It's easy. Just click the follow button on the Salty Bulldog page. And the second one is you want to click the bell and allow for all notifications. So you'll see the bell on our page and then just click all the notifications and that's it. So if anything is happening with the Western Bulldogs during the off season, uh, Anytime we post that news, you're going to get a little ping from your phone and you're going to be first to know. You don't even have to be on Twitter. You'll just see it come up on your phone and you'll be the first to know about all the Western Bulldogs news. And I'm sure you want to do that. So, so please do that. It'll be a, we'll, we'll do our very best to keep you all as informed as possible. There is a, third, Nick, there is a third move, I think. I think we can also add in, please try to share the, um, uh, the Twitter page around too. Please uh, let your friends and other family members know about the, the Salty Bulldog as well for them to, to get on touch with it. And uh, help us grow our content as much as we can as well. That, that's an optional one. That is an uh, optional one. So we, a bit of advertisement here, a bit of advertisement yeah. here, but yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it won't, it, it's not needed for you to, to keep on top of all the news, but we certainly would appreciate it. Past 500 followers over, over the weekend. And it was about this time last year when that uh, Twitter page first sent up. So uh, yeah, do carry on. Probably was. If you can, please, blog fans. Let's get into this, Nick. Let's get into this episode. We, we've waffled on Very long enough for this. Uh, for this one. We have got so much to get through, and we're going to go back to last week. I want to go back to the Charles Sutton medal count. So that was last Wednesday, I believe, because uh, obviously we didn't um, 
Last Wednesday, indeed. Yep. Hasn't uh, hasn't happened since. So we've got to congratulate now four-time winner, Marcus Bontempelli, on taking home the Charles Sutton medal. So is that... So he won it. That's two in three years for him now. Uh, either side of a runner-up placing or runner-up spot in 2020. So he's won it... Help me out here, Nick. 2016, 2017, 2019, and 2021. Very nice. And he's got now, was it four, four, uh, four AAs to go with it? Four AAs, yes. Four chance up medals. Uh, Runner-up in the best and fairest. Premiership player. Uh, Runner-up premiership captain. Yep. Coaches Association quite... votes winner in 2019. This year got yep. pretty close to that or near enough. It was the AFL's players MVP as well. And uh, the best captain, I think it was. Best well. captain. The, yep. uh, there's a couple building... of others, I'm sure, too, was he? I think he's the only player to be named five times in the under-22 squad as well, and captain of that as well for at least a few of those years. Building quite the curriculum vitae, as it were. Mm. I still say Billings in a close one, though. <laughs> you reckon? I mean, Dave Bonds and Belly is good. Billings are taken ahead of him. You know, it must be something something extraordinary. I just want to run through the, the top 10 first. And there's a, there were a host of awards that were that were won last night. So the top 10 in this order, obviously, Bonds and Pelly, McRae, Liberatore, Dale, Daniel, Keith, Bailey Smith, not Rourke, Norton, Jeray, and Bailey Williams. We don't We've only got one Williams on the list, haven't we? I don't know why I say Bailey Williams. Triple Baileys, it's just what we do. Maybe that's that's why. I definitely don't want to say Bailey. We do need to compare it, though. We do this every year. We need to compare it to the Salty Bulldog uh, top 10 as well. So those uh, who have been following the Salty Bulldog throughout the year will be well aware of the play ratings. Me sticking my neck out. Well, attempting to stick it out every Monday, but more often than not sticking it out every Thursday or Friday instead. I fall behind on that content fairly quickly, unfortunately. Now, we can't, can't visualize it, unfortunately, because this is audio, but we got the top two. So I, so McRae was the winner for the second year in a row. He won it in 2020 and 2021. So he was first. Bontempelli was second. Uh, Liberatore in third, Dale in fourth. We got that right, although they were tied for, for that spot, but I'm going to make sure Liberatore is in third and does in fourth because it matches up nicely, uh, which was the same as the Charles Sutton medal. Daniel in fifth. We got that one correct as well. Uh, now, the only player that was in our top 10 that didn't make the Charles Sutton medal top 10 was next, Lockie Hunter. Uh, he finished equal sixth uh, along with Bailey Smith and Taylor Duray. Uh, so I've got Bailey Smith in seventh spot here and seventh spot in the Charles Sutton medal as well. Uh, Alex Keith in ninth and Aaron Norton in 10th. So the only player in the Charles Sutton medal top 10 that didn't feature in our own uh, top 10 was Bailey Williams. And he finished 11th. So I think it was, so, so nine out of the top 10, uh, we've got, I think it might be four in the correct spot. Um and then we've got at least another two that are, are one position off. So I don't know, Nick, you may be a better judge than I. I think I've done pretty well this year. I'll give you a pass for that. A solid C here, Matt. Solid C. C? Okay. Solid C. I, I think I got nine out of the top 10 last year as well. Uh, and I think it was similar. I think I think the, the one finished 11th or finished just outside the top 10. So I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. It's a hard award, this one, because if you miss a game, like Keith, for instance, missed three games um, throughout the, the course of the season. And he was five votes off finishing sixth, which is uh, in, in Salty Bulldog count, which is where he finished in the Charles Sutton middle count. So it's very easy to fall behind. 
uh, in this award. But got to do the comparison, got to got to got to revisit it, make sure I, I know what I'm talking about. I like to think that I do. Some of the other awards that we've got to go through uh, here. So we've got the top three, uh, the Charles Sutton Medal, Bontempelli, the Doug Hawkins Medal, McRae, the Gary Dempsey Medal, Libertore. The John Van Groningen Domestique Award was won by Bontempelli. You, you might hear his name a, a couple of other times, I think, as well. Uh, Jack McRae won the award for the best finals player. And I don't know if we mentioned it last week, he won the Gary Ayres Medal. So that's another trophy that you can add to McRae's CV also. Uh, the Scott West Most Courageous Player Award was won by Aaron Norton. Brad Johnson, Best Team Player, Alex Keith. The Tony Liberatore Most Improved Award went to Bailey Dale. I don't think there's any major surprises there. The Locker Group Coaches Award, Taylor Duray. The Chris Grant Best First Year Player, Anthony Scott. I thought Trelaw's first year was pretty good as well with the Bulldogs, but um, maybe Anthony Scott, they, they thought that might be a better option. Uh, the John Schultz Community Award went to Lin Jong. Uh, done fantastic work with the community foundation there of course he had so sure uh the bruce wilkinson trainers trainers award went to uh bontempelli the ben bradley trainers award went to robbie mccomb and the ingrid mcdonald award to sam cobbiger and we also had a best and fairest winner as well in the half of the vfl season that we had also won by robbie mccomb i think he won number did he win number 66 this year in the vfl or 56. I, I would have to suggest so. I can't take you up on that, but I can have a quick look. You keep going and I'll have a squeeze. A lot of awards um, from the night. I think it's. I think the best and fairest night is always a great night. I remember we went to the last one that they actually had in 2019. You, you, I went along with you and, and Brad and having to teach Brad how to tie ties. That was a very interesting experience. You were teaching me to tie a tie to teach him to tie a tie. So it was successful though, but it was very interesting, I tell you. Very, very amusing evening, that one. Uh, now, do you think um, fair winner? Sounds a bit ridiculous, but um, do you think we got the right winner? In Bonton yes, I'd, I'd Because we, so. we spoke about, because McRae's had an extraordinary season. Like he has broken a lot of records. Most disposals ever in a season. Uh, the Gary Ayers medal for the best finals player. Um, broke into the top 10 all-time leading possession getters for the, the Bulldogs as well. Uh, now he's now a three-time winner of the Salty Bulldog Player of the Year award. I'd, I'd say for, uh, for sure, to be honest. It's not to knock on McRae. Just unfortunately for his sake, he just happens to be around well, and playing for the exact club that happens to feature you know, one of the best players and not only the clubs probably other but the games ever probably seen as well too. Um, just just on that, uh, also McComb, he is number sixty six. And just touching on his season right. quickly. Yep. Uh, Twenty five and a half disposals uh, per game. Fifteen of those kicks. He's also taken four and a half marks and four point seven tackles per game. So again, massive shout out to Robbie McComb. Now, question without notice here: the Bulldogs, are, I wouldn't say notorious. Um, but they are well known for looking in their own backyard for talent. What do you reckon of Robbie McComb's chances of uh, finding a spot on the senior list next year? It's not just him too. That could be a, an absolute candidate, but I'd be happy to see him have a crack at it. Cause you know, as you mentioned, yet yeah, we've had a fair few players now feature in, in that particular half of the ground of in nice. that department, but another one too would be uh, Bailey van der Heuvel as well. So that's another name that's also oh, had yes. A, yes, he's had an interesting season as well too. I forgot about Bailey so Van der Heuvel. It doesn't sound 
a huge amount. Okay, you just had the, the six games, ten touches, a couple of goals there. Um, it's interesting that he's taken about five and a half marks in that time, though. So there's something a bit about him where he seems to have a bit of played at full back for most of his time. Interesting. He actually notched up eleven hitouts. Would you believe it? In the round six well, game against Frankston. Yeah, this is this is these sort of numbers in terms of the position he's playing are sounding like an awful lot like uh, some other footballer. That's uh, that's probably that's making headlines. Yes, <laughs> being Lewis making Young. headlines at, at the moment. <laughs> Let's get into it then, because obviously we're we're talking on the Monday. The trade period is now open, so this is where Luke Beveridge steps aside and Sam Power takes control of things. This is this we we love this because this is where the wizard starts to work his magic, as it were. This is Sam actually. Power. We can actually feel confident heading into trade period that none of our players are going to be sent off for peanuts or, or we're paying overs to someone else's, you know, scraps pretty much. So thank you, Sam oh, Power, for can, that. We can get guns for, for two-thirds of the price. So do you think there's a possibility we can turn Lipinski into Darcy Moore and Brody Grundy? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Sam Power is a genius in this regard. He's proved that in the past two seasons now, past two off-seasons. And he's certainly shaping up for another big offseason. Don't undersell, though, of course, his 2018 offseason. You know, a few low-key recruits at the time there, being Jure and Sam Lloyd. And for uh, what we needed at the time, yeah. what we needed at the time, perfect for that. No, you're, you're right. I I've, I miscounted. I, I thought it was two because oh, I was all thinking good. of those ones, but I've just forgotten. Oh, they're the big ones. Though. This got... is, he's going for all the big fish now, so it's definitely up, in the, yeah, up the agenda. Yeah, he's, he's graduated from the, you know, the, the fringe players. He, he only deals in stars now, stars coming in. Players coming out, though. Um, you know, <laughs> so players, players leaving the club because uh, there's likely to be a couple of those. So the big news today is that of uh, sleep Hall of Fame legend Lewis Young. Uh, now, this is, a, this is a bit of a disappointing um, uh, situation that we're in at the, at the it, moment. It hurts our feelings at the team at the Salty Bulldog here by the, by the sounds it of it. But... We're devastated. So he's requested a trade to Carlton uh, as of this morning. So we know over the weekend he'd been weighing up his options. He's now weighed those up and the scales uh, suggest that he needs to go to Icon Park or whatever they call it these days. I think that sounds about right. There was a two-year deal, of course, to remain at the Dogs. But yep. uh, at this point in time, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know if that still means that he's entirely burnt. I wouldn't say he's burnt his bridges with us. So there still might be a possibility if a trade falls through. Do you, do you think actually he would be one to to take, say, a pre-season or national draft if um, communications break down? Or do you think we'd be able to, to repair those, let's say, and, and remain with us potentially? What uh, what I've what I take away from the um, uh, the situation with Dunkley last year is that players that request trades and ultimately stay at the club are very rare. Now, I know there's a key difference in that Dunkley was under contract and Young is not. But normally, when a player requests a trade, they get their wish. It's very rare, very rare that a player ends up staying at the club. Especially in this day and age, yeah. Now, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of these uh, proposed trades that Adam Cooney has been floating up and about on trade radio. But this one I didn't think was one of the worst. I think it was an okay option. Now, so the, the, discussion later, later was, the discussion was potentially that, so obviously, Lewis Young finds his way to Icon Park. We end up receiving, what was it, pick 43? I think it's from... Okay, so I that's, think it's a, from that's an Carlson. early third rounder. Yeah, I think it's from Carlson. 
And Carlson ended up getting a future third from Gold Coast. And there's another pick swap involved in there too, but I don't think it sounds See, too bad. This is, this, is, this is it. We can't have a trade that involves only two clubs. There's got to mm. be at least three or more cooks uh, adding to the broth, as it were. Why can't or in the it Wizards just be case, 43? The why can't it just be pick 43 for Lewis Young? Do you think that's a fair deal? Oh, that maybe maybe it's 40, it maybe 43 is coming from the Suns. I've got to double check that, but that's pretty much what it is. Here we go. Uh, yeah, the Dogs get pick 43. We give Lewis Young. The Blues get Lewis Young. They give a future third. The Suns get a future third. They give 43. That is probably one of his fairer trades that, that actually makes quite a lot of sense. Why, why do the Suns have to be involved? Why can't I, it just yeah, be I'll say that I've got no idea. Young? I've got no idea, but uh, but I don't mind that actually. In all seriousness, I wouldn't. I would definitely take the idea of pick forty three for Lewis Young in that context. You think that's fair? It was pick forty nine. Um, I think when he was taken to the twenty sixteen uh, draft. Yes, yes. I was at a party that night, enjoying uh, finishing one of the exams I had done. So, a bit interesting. What there. was I doing that night? I got no idea. Well, I knowing me, I was definitely not at a party. Oh well, it was a house party, so I was definitely watching the draft while everyone else was getting smashed. Oh, so no, I can say was, that. Was, was, well, no, it wasn't a house party either. I mean, I was probably at my own house, but wasn't celebrating anything. The Vardy party, um, pretty much, as far as I'm concerned. I think for you, <laughs> maybe something like that. Uh, so, a couple of other uh, points of information that are worth noting with Lewis Young: he's not a free agent of any shape or form nope. so that word does even not though exist he's out of contract, his vocabulary even though he's out of contract he cannot leave and just join carton and claiming no. free agent status he's not a free agent and now, don't would you believe would you believe he is an out of contract player before free agency before free agency ever existed you know it's hard to imagine in this day and age because it's sort of like everyone's a free agent now isn't it technically or people always yeah. perceive players as free agents but what, no there was a time free before agent? free agency even existed and that's exactly what Lewis Young is right now. Just a regular so, out of contract player. So let's break down what it means to be a free agent. All right. So, uh, so there's, and there's two types of free agents as well. When it comes down to it, there's restricted and unrestricted. And I'm sure you've heard of them before. And I'm sure you're listening now going, I've still got no idea what either of them mean. And that's okay because we were the same until about 30 minutes ago. So a restricted free agent is a player that's in the top 25% paid players at the club so for the bulldogs it would be about the top 11 highest paid players at the club uh, and have been at the club for eight or nine years so in their eighth season or their, their ninth season i can't think of a, an example that's coming off the top of my head bontempelli in his eighth season this year so bontempelli's in his eighth season this year so when he was out of contract uh, this year, he would have been a restricted free agent. I mean, I assume he was in the top 25% paid players at the club. I'd be a little concerned if he wasn't. Indeed, he um, was. Indeed, he was. There was no okay. nothing to worry about even regarding front-ended, back-ended deals. Um, that's that's as it was. So that shows you just and how it, good he is anyways, that even his back-ended deals are still pretty high. And and the other caveat of that uh, is that when it refers to a, pay, a player in the top 25% paid salary at the club, it only takes into account the final season of their contract, not the average salary across their deal. So Nick gave me an excellent example like this. Someone like Tom Boyd, who we know signed a, a million dollar a year deal over seven years. Yeah. Majority of that um, was front loaded, of course. Yes. So he was paid the vast majority of his uh, salary within the first few years of his deal. So by the time 
he reaches the end of his hypothetical deal, which probably would have been this uh, year. 20, 20, what was it? 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It would have been this year. He would, would have been, been, been a seven-year player for the Dogs and an eight-year veteran of the AFL qualifying for based free on, agency. Based on the fact that he wouldn't have been in the top quarter of paid players at the Bulldogs in his last year, he wouldn't have been a restricted mm. free agent. Mm. So that just gives you a brief idea on how it all works. Unrestricted free agents, are, are, I think they're a little bit more complicated. So unrestricted free agents. Yeah, there's like different um, there's different classifications yeah. of them as well too. So. So they're players in their eighth or ninth seasons who are in the bottom 75. So like Tom Boyd would have been uh, or have been at the club for 10 plus years or have been previously delisted. Mm. Now that can trans uh, so that can travel across multiple clubs too. So if you were delisted at a previous club, AKA in our case, um, say not that he's on our list anymore, but Billy Gowers was delisted okay. from Carlton. In yep. 2016 or so, we picked him up in the in the rookie draft, um, signed him to a new deal in 2018, a two-year extension there. And at the time, of course, the league decided to introduce that any player that had been delisted, be it on their respective list or a previous club's list, at the time of them being uh, out of contract, would be regardless an unrestricted free agent or, or potentially even known as a delisted free agent. So they could walk okay. nonetheless. Which, really, which frustrated a few of us at the time that we could have seen our leading goal kicker leave for nothing again. I really hope that that clarifies it. It actually makes sense now. I suppose it's just easy to get lost in how long a player has been at the club. Uh, so if we're just going to go off, off that, and we've got the uh, out-of-contract players here. Uh, so we have Mitch Wallace, who is a unrestricted free agent. So 11 years of service now. Years. Mm-hmm. Uh Rourke Smith is an unrestricted free agent, having been previously delisted. That's the important point. So, yep, we emphasize the fact that he's been delisted now twice. So Now, uh, Stefan Martin is not an unrestricted free agent, is my understanding, because he's not been at the club for 10 years or more. No, but he's just a regular, as far as I'm concerned, an out-of-contract player. I don't know, though... If it carries over from Melbourne, I think he might have been a trade from from the D's to the Lions. I'm pretty I confident think he, he might have been. Yeah, I think so, he was. And he and he had the two year deal and signed all those deals in 2015 and 17 onwards. So no, he would just be um from our knowledge that he's just a regular out of contract player at the age of 34, 35. Uh, two other players that we haven't mentioned do still young enough for Geelong, I think. <laughs> he might he might win the he might win the uh the rising star award down Geelong next year. Uh two players who have mentioned who have played one quarter between them, Ben Kavara and Will Hayes. Now these two are really interesting cases. In this this I I'm just gonna let works. you take it away because this is completely above me, I think. So last year, uh these two guys were shifted from the senior list to the rookie list, yet they were never um, picked up in the rookie draft. So I've been trying to figure out for many months now how this has actually worked, how they can not be delisted, uh, not be drafted, and then go from the senior list to the rookie list. So there was a new rule that the AFL brought in at the end of last season that allowed each club to take two players on the senior list uh, from 2020 and add them to the rookie list mm. for 2021 before the draft period. So the Bulldogs chose for that to be Kavara and Hayes. This so was to, to keep were... players contract to keep players still in the game, just with all yeah. the COVID mess to, to save a few careers. That was pretty much the intention of this rule, and it's, so a, good, Bulldogs, it's a good rule. 
It is a good run. The Bulldogs took up that option with Kavara and Hayes. Um, meanwhile, with Rourke Smith, they delisted Rourke Smith and they're not to uh, redraft him as, as a rookie. So those two, from my understanding, also, I believe, like, under the under the laws or the rules, they would also uh, qualify as unrestricted free agents. Happy to be corrected on that, because though. Someone's got delisted. a better idea, but it's, yeah. this one's, because as you said, it's such a weird, a weird situation. What do we think of young leaving? Are we... I mean, I suppose, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things to, to consider with this one. And, and one of the questions that people have asked me is what do, I, what do I think of the deal for Young's point of view? And I'm really confused, actually, for, for Young. I think it's one thing to want to leave a club and to seek more opportunity. And that's fine. Players do that all the time. I get that. But the problem with me at the moment the problem I, I have with it all is where he's going. Now, I'm a big fan of Lewis Young. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a big fan of, of Lewis Young. But even I concede that he is as much chance of establishing himself in Carlton's best 22 as he is establishing himself in our best 22 right now. Where does he play? That's where I've back. got you. That's where um, I've got you here, though. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think there's the spot they probably will... This is probably a spot that we would have liked to have seen him play personally with us. We've all been hoping for a third tall, haven't we? Or to be at least utilised as that. And we we thought personally, you and I think that he was probably good enough to play as a second, had the scope to do that. I've always thought that. Yeah. always thought that. Mm. We would have liked to have seen it happen on a more regular basis. Very impressive down in in Ballarat this year against Brisbane, of course. But... um, no, I think it'll be the Blues that'll be giving him that actual chance to slide in as the third tall. Because they've got very attacking key defenders anyways in, in, in wagering. And Jones is like a lockdown type stuff, but yep. he's got good closing speed. So it just leaves Young to just purely intercept Mark and not have to worry the about his direct is, opponent. Uh, the other one is March Bank, who Carlton have just sort of waiting uh, in, the, in the wings uh, at the moment. Unfortunately for him, it's probably not looking likely at all. <laughs> There's so many things going on with that poor guy's body. So that's the full end. That'll, unfortunately, I think he'd probably just be pulling the pin. That's my one, guess, though. But yeah. one, one aspect of this that's really surprised me that I can't quite understand why he isn't interested in going to this particular club is Adelaide. Uh-huh. Now, they've just lost Kelly and Talia, so they're well down on key defensive stocks. Young's a South Australia boy. It all, it all fits quite well, actually, for him to be able to return home. And he's going to play there. Like That's a guarantee. Do you want me to set the cat amongst the pigeons here? Well, I mean, you can try. I can try. This will definitely scare you, I think. It's not anything to worry about. It could scare you, though. So who were, who, was, um, who were Aaron Norton's housemates? Oh. <laughs> Patrick, okay. Le, Patrick Lipinski and Lewis Young. And oh, now no. both are gone. Oh, here we go. There you go. Matt's now there. You, go. you can see him covering his eyes and thinking, what's happening here? Don't worry. Norton Wait, has a contract tell for three me more years. Aaron Norton and Josh Bruce aren't housemates. That's what I take away from this. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I'm pretty confident that it's Louis Young and uh, and Patrick Lipitsky yeah, that are housemates with Aaron Norton. So, yeah, that's two of the three gone. So he's going to have to find some new fellas to, to, to room in. 
Well, well, maybe one of them will be coming in the form of cover for Lewis Young because uh, this deal with Young to be requested uh, or requesting a trade to Carlton has coincided with the Bulldogs looking at making a play for Tim O'Brien. And I know Tim O'Brien is, is one of your favourites, Nick. Do we say the phrase unrestricted free agent here? This is, this is well, very fitting at this point. We need to because he is an unrestricted free agent. Thank you. Um, at this stage. He's currently... Out of contract, he doesn't have a deal for, for 2022 at this point either. Uh, but he is an unrestricted free agent, so he can walk to the dogs if they can, if, if the two then can he is a service, of course, agree deals. So yep. now you probably know a bit more about him than me, Nick. Uh, I'm pretty sure you do actually know a bit more about him than me. Um, I've had a bit of venting about him, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've spoken to a couple of Hawthorne fans, and the description that I've um, got from them is that he's a nearly sort of player. For me, and, and it sort of makes sense, you know, speaking to him about it, he's a bit, I call, I see him as a TV sort of player. And the antithesis, I don't know if antithesis is the right word, certainly the opposite of Taylor Jaray. Now, Taylor Jaray is a very good player that will do the job week in, week out without fuss. But the without fuss thing means that he doesn't, you know, capture the imagination with the highlights. Tim O'Brien is, is the opposite in the fact he's a bit of a highlight sort of player that you'll get, you'll get some decent moments out of him, but you won't get the, the consistent package. Am I, am I onto something with that one? Oh, you certainly are. That's 97 games in 10 years uh, for the Hawks. It's interesting. I, I mentioned to you before the, before the episode that Tim O'Brien's draft pick uh, being picked 27 in, in the 2012 draft was, a, was originally our own draft selection, which we, of course, paired with Brian Lake to go to Hawthorne for pick 21 and 44. And ultimately, those selections became, of course, Nathan Hrovat, and we traded 44 to West Coast for Kobe Stevens. But I mean, on you do, Tim O'Brien, oh, God. You do I, say I that, you know, it. it's been 90, was it 97 games? I think it's 97 years. games. So there was so, a couple of years where he didn't feature too much, which was 2015 and 16. I think I was actually at his first or second ever game, to be honest, uh, Tim O'Brien, and round two, 2014 against Essendon. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So since 2016, in terms of games played across the season, 14, 16, 12, 16, 16, 19. So you'd have to say he's been a, he's not been a, a nailed on starter, but he's certainly been a very consistent. Hmm. Or he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's figured, figured consistently he's figured certainly in the, in the, in the best in the 20 frame. Yeah. That's a lot and of we're games. We're talking about, guy, um, and, and that's including seasons when Hawthorne made top four appearances. 14 games in 2016. And, and 12, 12 games. games in 2018. The interesting part is, though, not one final. Admittedly, Hawthorne have only played uh, since 2016 the four finals, which they are zero and four, and we've contributed to that, of course. But um, yeah, no finals for him. But it's interesting that he's been able to get a bit of high flying with his marks in, in an uncontested sense, I think. I don't know. It seems to, apparently, a lot of people tend to think that he's got a lot more. Mobility and he's got a good bit of closing speed. I can't say how fast he is, but the talk is that he'd probably be a bit more better suited to that third defensive tall, even centre half back role for us, more so than Lewis Young, who although might have better traits, like you know, hot, having a few more centimeters is always good, having a bit more reach and intercept marking is, as you know, 
exceptionally important in this day and age. But um, I wonder, I wonder in that sense what O'Brien does bring. Because you asked me that question too today. You know, is it really worthwhile that this upgrade per se or, or downgrade even potentially? Um, well, well, I think about all the times we've overlooked Lewis Young for that defensive post. And I wonder, would we have overlooked Tim O'Brien? Like if you replace the name yeah. Lewis Young with Tim O'Brien, would, would you still overlook him? Because if, you, if the answer is yes, then I, I just fail to understand why you would pursue this path. And I get that Lewis Young wants out and, you know, that there's not much the Bulldogs can do about that. But I just wonder whether it would be worth pursuing Young to stay or trying to convince him to stay, whether that you'd, you'd be better off going down that path. I suppose that's what I'm trying to get at. We'd still be happy to, you and I and a lot of others would be still content to have Young on the list going into next year. And he'd be a 60-year player though, but we'd still be very happy to see him have a crack at it and hopefully at centre-half back. But um, unfortunately, that's not looking the case. Would, I, would we have picked, say, Tim O'Brien in retrospect um, in Lewis Young's well, role? I think they probably would have. I think that, let me see, how many games? Well, I suppose we just sort of, he we just asked the... What? 14 matches, sorry. The... I was only there for two years under beverage. He was only there for two years under beverage, uh, but he came to Hawthorne as a forward. I will say this, he does look a lot better suited as a defender so, than he does as a So forward. did Lewis Young, though. Lewis yes, Lewis Young, Young was a forward. forward. He really did, That's too. That's the question, is if, if, if we revisit preliminary final week and it's Tim O'Brien instead of Lewis Young, would Tim O'Brien keep his spot? I think he would have, he actually. Dropped. I think oh, he would have. Okay. In a strange okay. sense. I know, it's annoying. But I know what you mean too, Matt, because O'Brien as a forward used to just annoy me because I used to annoy Melbourne a lot more too because he used to kick he used to kick a, a fair few goals against them, you know, multiple three-goal oh, games he, or so. Is he, is, so he he was that, the, is he that sort of he was that type of player the for, type forward? No, it was except yes, except in this case it was against Melbourne. It was Melbourne. So <laughs> yes. So it was interesting to see the, you know, it on the other foot. But um he had a promising 2017. You know, twice he reached the 10 mark counts, even including in a game I think that you you and I both attended alongside Braden in Bob Murphy's and Matthew Boyd's final match. Uh, what else was there? Possibly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember if we went together as a group, though. He also had 24 dispersals and 10 marks against us this year. Yeah, so it's a solid, um, how would I say, audition. Sort of like what Dalhouse did in 2018 against Geelong. But... Uh... <laughs> No, I think he's. I think he actually had a pretty reasonable season. I don't know where he would have featured though in in Hawthorne's best and fairest, and it wouldn't be thinking to be in the top ten. But I'd be thinking off the top of my head that he probably would have been in the fifteen to twenty five range, which is not you know by any means amazing, but it shows you that yes, he's still somewhat of a role player, and we've done pretty well with our role players. And if Sam Power thinks that this is probably an option. I'd be keen to see how this goes. It doesn't leave me excited, but I'm intrigued by it. But I don't know how scary it is, to be honest, at the same time. I think there's still a, there's still a lot to play out with, with that one, though. And certainly, I don't think he's going anywhere unless Lewis Young goes anywhere. So I think that's a, I think that will be a... Um, I think that one will be a, sort of a domino sort of one. You think it's a contingency, sort of, pretty much? The fallback option or whatever it is. Well, I think if I think if they if they can hold on to Lewis Young, I don't think they'll pursue O'Brien. The, the free agent aspect, as I said, we reiterate here, um, it only just costs cap space, which is the tempting 
side of things. In, no in draft assets, case. No draft assets, assets at all. And, yep, and for us, uh, draft assets are as rare as a hen's teeth or whatever that saying is, because we've only got two of those picks at this point in time. And one of them is pretty much worthless. With the uh, free agency compos that have been awarded for Jake Kelly, and who was the other one? Mabio Chol. Uh, we've been pushed yep. down to, what do we have? 73. We've been pushed down to, which was worth nine points, now 75, which is absolutely worth nothing. So, so they, don't even have, have, they don't even have pick 75 on the draft table. They just have up to 74. That's how much pick 75 is worth. It's not even worthy being on the PDF screen. So these are so these are our picks. We have three picks at the moment. So as you said, Nick, so we have pick 17, our first pick, which is worth, in terms of draft points. At 1,025, pick 17, yep. that is. And then we have pick 75, which, which is, is worth, worth nothing. zero points. And then pick 92, which is worth zero points. Yes. Yeah, so, so if we want to get Sam Darcy, who is uh, going to be in the, he's, top, four, well, be in the top four, let's assume he's in the top, top four. We need a minimum of 2,034 points. So we're only halfway there. So yeah. we're going to have to get ah, creative. You might have to. Here we go again, because he's a father's son. And this is, of course, for the next generation academies, you get a 20% okay. discount on that, of course. So um, I think the numbers are off the back of pick four, I think it's 1,637 points is what is required to match a bid at pick four. So, and then whatever the heck. So what we need at this point in time is if Darcy was better pick one, we need 2,400. So we need anywhere between 1,637 and 2,400 points. So that'll do the job uh, from one through let, four. Yes. So, so let's try and break this down for um, people who aren't quite aware of what we're talking about here. Cause it is every year. It feels like it, there's, there's new layers added upon. It's draft more complex than the next free agency and all this sort of stuff. So obviously you've got each pick in the draft. Now you've got your Academy players and your father, son players. Now the rules currently are that you need to, to match a bid. You need a certain number of draft points. And how that's calculated is that each pick in the draft is worth a certain number of points. Obviously, the Hydrix picks in the draft are worth more points. So pick one is worth 3,000 points. 3,000 points, and, indeed. And that value falls all the way down to pick 73, which is worth nine, nine. points. And then after that, all the picks are, are worthless. So in between pick one and pick 73, each pick is worth an ever-decreasing sort of value. Now, in order to match... Uh, any sort of bid, you need the value of all of your picks to equate to whatever pick that was. So let's take last year, for example, because this is a very good example, Bulldogs fans with Jamar Hagen. Now that was, that bid was made by Adelaide at, at pick one uh, worth 3000 points, but because those Academy players and father sons are allowed 20% discounts for picks inside the top 20. I think that are, that, that rule has been to. introduced now. So that again, it's yep. for first round picks. For first there round is picks. the, there is the ability to, or the chance for clubs to be able to match a bid. If the player now falls outside of the first round, well, unfortunately um, you're going to miss out on that player. So it was, so because of that 20% discount, it was only 2,400 points that we needed to find. So what the Bulldogs did uh, was they traded their first round pick last year in, in part of the Trelaw deal, which I think was pick 14. And pick in return, they got a whole bunch of second round picks 
um, second and third round picks. And you're probably sitting there thinking, well, we've given up pick 14 where we can get a decent player for like a couple of picks in the late 20s. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But the sum of those picks in the 20s have a greater draft value. So in effect... I I think I was calculating... Sorry, I think I was calculating for Richmond too. Their picks being 26 and 28 and 38, they would give us what? Roughly... 350 to 400 more points what, than what, what pick the, 17 what those, is. So what if off face value, if in back, you know, five years ago, six years ago, if someone offered you pick 26, 28 and 38 for pick 17, you'd rightly laugh at their face. But yeah. this points aspect adds a whole new dimension to, to, to trading, not just in, in the trade period, but even on draft night too of live trading as well. And it gets really exciting actually. But um, so those points, and I'm not going to give you the proper number exactly, but yeah, so 26, so 28 I'll... and 38 would give us about 350 to 400 more than what pick 17's value is. So pick 26, 28 and 38 yes. uh, give you 1,261 points. Uh, so it's, uh, okay, so it's about 250, sorry guys, but uh, yep. how much that And is? then pick 17 is worth 1,025. So you see how those later picks are worth a greater value. So that's 1,261 points. Now you're only needing to, now that that's, that's 200 yeah. points that you don't have to worry about. You've got yes. that. Now you can, you're getting closer to Darcy. Now we're fielding, now you mentioned Richmond, we're fielding offers from two different clubs, Richmond being one of them, yep. the other being Adelaide. So Adelaide are after that pick 17. They want to try and package that in a deal for Jordan Dawson from Sydney. Richmond are looking, to be honest, pick 17 for Dawson sounds quite good, actually. I, I was thinking within the range of pick 10 to 15 for Dawson, but I, I think 17 is is like a reasonable offer. It's not ridiculous unders. No, not at all. I, again, though, this is where it gets, once again, tricky. Because again, five years ago, six years ago, clubs were able to stockpile and have, you know, six, seven, third, fourth rounders and whatever it is, whilst giving up, you know, good quality picks, which other sides would take advantage of. But yep. there was a bit of a, not revolt, but um, disagreement that players or the other sides could just snare a top five prospect um, by paying, you know, several third and fourth round selections. So now, which has been, again, a recently introduced rule over the last year or two, you can only use the picks in terms of the draft with the list spots that are open for your team. So if we have five five lifts, yeah, we can't have 15 draft selections five list spots open. You have to have the equivalent of five draft picks for those five list spots, for instance, at this point in time. So that's to prevent sides from stockpiling in that fashion. So from last year, from memory, we had six picks um, that we had to give up for for Eugle Hagen. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's amazing, isn't it? People think think we we got away with it. No, we paid an absolute fortune for it. It's the it was I I wrote a piece on on this uh, last year and I'm still waiting for a response from John Ralph actually. Um, it's the most number of picks any players any club has ever given up for an academy prospect six picks. Uh, so um, clubs have given up two picks, three picks, um, but no one's given up six picks for one player in the draft. And we'll we probably won't have to give up six picks again this year for for Sam Darcy the. The, the father-son prospect, uh, but certainly we'll have to give up multiple picks uh, for that one um, at this point. One other player that might be able to help us reach that goal a little bit closer is Patrick Lipinski. 
Now, we already know he's requested a trade to Collingwood. I'm not sure whether that happened before the last episode or whether that was just being rumoured, but he's handed in a, a request to Collingwood at this stage. Now, at the time, Collingwood's hand was, I think there was, was not great. I think their first pick was 37 or something along those lines. I think we mentioned the selections last week. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, 30, this is again... I know that their first selection still remains as it is because it doesn't get it's not affected by the free agency compo. So it's 36. And then last week I said it was 39, 41, and 45. So now just take back two spots on each of those. So it's 41, 43, and 45, or whatever the heck it is. I don't even know what I'm saying. But it's pretty much all those other picks are pushed back by two spots by their first but, selection. But something has happened today. There's been some which makes major it very news. exciting indeed. Major news. Would you would you get this? A mega pick swap. How exciting! You're trying to make it sound like it's pretty much um, trade period bingo at this point, isn't it? You're just checking te- oh, this- the boxes, or checking the boxes, <laughs> should I say? This is it. It would wouldn't wouldn't be a trade period without some mega complex five way concept mm. trade being floated, and this could help us all out sorts too, of clubs actually. that you've never players you've never heard of. Uh, and, and a mega pick swap. So the, the Pies and the Gold Coast Suns have joined forces to uh, involve themselves in, as I say, an eight-pick mega swap. So Collingwood have handed over their future second, their future third, and their future fourth round pick. So that's, that's almost their entire hand for next year. They better not hope there's a father-son there, I'll tell you that. The other ones, they're screws. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a lot of trouble next year if there's a father-son that comes up. Uh, and in exchange, the sons have provided them with uh, this year's pick 22, 46, 58, and 79 at a future fourth rounder. So it makes they get the a little continental tyres AFL trade period very exciting, isn't it? The continental tyres, mate. So, well, look, I, well, this is an interesting one because this is – I mean, we sort of go pick swaps and we go, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, it doesn't, we can't really visualize them until we see names associated with these picks. But for the Bulldogs, this means that we've got, there's something that we can target in this Lipinski deal because I don't think Sam Power is going to accept pick 41 for Lipinski. But that 22 pick, and 22 is a good number for its worth, that pick 22 is looking very tangible. And I think you said to me, and I don't know if you want to run with this, but too bad we'll go with it anyway, I suppose. Uh, run, let's run with it, please. Uh, Sam Power laid down the law um, with Collingwood, a second round pick for Lipinski. That 22 does sound very tasty, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering though, too, because I'm trying to look at here. Is there a table, 20, is there a table that 20... actually tells us Collingwood's picks exactly at this current I don't point? have that. Uh, I don't I'm have that with me. I want to have a look. Pick twenty-two for those with the with the calculators out at home uh, is worth eight hundred and forty-five points. So let's let's consider that hypothetical trade with Richmond. Pick seventeen for twenty-six, twenty-eight, and thirty-eight. I think you said Nick. Uh, and then yes, here we go. I have got the numbers yep. for them. Uh, that was just for the hypothetical, yeah. But I've got yeah, Collingwood's yeah, yep. numbers. So twenty-two is their okay. very first selection. So I will doubt right. they'd do that. To be honest, uh, if got we 36. did trade that though. 41, so 43, did... 46, 48. Sorry, mate. But yeah, they got five picks right. and then 58 too. So, and then 78 and 79. So if we did that trade with the pins, uh, sorry, with pick 17 for Richmond's 26, 28 and 38, that gives us 1,261 draft points. The Pinsky for pick 22, which is worth 845 points, 
takes us to 2,106, which, which is would enough be to enough cover to match bid. any bid except at pick one. Indeed, which is which is incredible for that. It's amazing how those allocation of points work that way. But it's got to be, it gets interesting, 20, doesn't it? Because they've got to now yeah. appease Geelong as well too for Nathan Max Kruger. Kruger. Oh, Nathan, Nathan Kruger, Kruger. So, yeah. Um, Who's Max so one, Kruger? i got no idea who Max Kruger is. Um, <laughs> I can see one of those two. Unfortunately, it's just a matter of which side gets in first. And I can see one of these two boys going into the preseason draft in all seriousness. And if that's now, Collingwood's best pick, pick 22, that's going to be hard to prize for them, given that they've got their own academy prospect that they've got uh, that they've got uh, a red circle. And he's probably going to go, he's probably going to go, I know I said four, one to four for Darcy, well, but pretty much Dacos is going to be one to two. So, Well, I'm thinking that Dacos and Horn Francis are one or two, yeah. and then Darcy will go. Darcy three. will go. The Giants, uh, I think it was, might have been, maybe it might have been two months ago. I think it was on Road to the Draft podcast. Um, I had their list manager. Not wasn't Jason McCartney, so it was someone else on there. But um, they were discussing, you know, the idea of you know who's getting picked up where and potentially. And uh, they made it pretty much bluntly known that uh, yeah, they're after key position players. So we can look forward to seeing Sam Darcy getting a bid on a pick three. The other one as well. The other possibility is that uh, North Melbourne could do what Adelaide did last year and force our hand. I mean, they're well within their capabilities of bidding on Dacos and Don't then bidding on Darcy. It, Don't think they'll risk it for for Horn. Last year, you could probably make a bit of sense. This year, I don't see the ruse even... Con- I know you're throwing it up there, but I don't think the ruse would even contemplate it for, for Horn at all. So Would they bid on Dacos? Oh, they'll bid on Dacos. Surely they Everyone, pretty much. I think I'd hope we'd bid on Dacos, to be honest, if we had the opportunity to do it. But that would really, that would really uh, excuse me, piss everyone off. Imagine if we, imagine if we had won the flag. We're able to somehow magically snare Dacos and then also pick up Darcy and then still get a first round pick as well. That would everyone would be thinking, what is how is Sam Power even capable of this? Yeah, I think the draft tampering alarm bells would start to ring quite loudly if uh, Dacos failed to pick 17 somehow. Just I don't know, it just doesn't seem quite right. The wizard, you know, he just got to, you know, he can create all these formulas and potions or whatever the heck he needs to do. And uh, again, um, Probably should stress this. Uh, it should be obvious, given that they were taking the same draft class. Lipinski falls under the same category of free agency, or suppose non-free agency, as, as Lewis Young. If a deal can't be struck for either of them by the trade period, uh, then the only way that they can access their respective clubs is through the draft, either the national draft or the uh, preseason draft. Preseason draft. Now that's draft. of course, and I, again, don't hold me to this. Now that can only be done Hello. after their contracts have officially ended. So the trade period ends when? When is it? 15th or something? Uh, so the, What's the, the trade date? period, uh, I did have that here. So the trade... the trade. I had it here too. Now it's gone missing. Trade period here ends on the 13th of October. So that's next okay. Wednesday. So according to, and I'm hoping this is very similar, you know, that, that's similar to it. In terms of VFL, it's November 1st is when players can officially move across clubs and, you know, it doesn't matter if they're contract. That's when the contracts officially end. I would suspect it's probably the same case for AFL players. Okay. It might be the 31st of October instead, but give or take those days. So even if the draft, not draft, the trade period, you said, sorry, 13th of October, yes? Yes. Yep. So I would suspect then if that's the case, we would still have two weeks to, if, if we wanted to, still convince them to remain with the club. But that would... 
pretty much screw us over in terms of uh, draft points. But then again, if the other sides weren't willing to pay up, then you know what are you going to do? <laughs> I know you asked me this question earlier. What do you reckon the likelihood of Young and Olapinski staying up? I'll get you to do it on a case-by-case basis rather than saying well, who's Young, more Lipinski, likely? Young or Lipinski. Well, do you do you see either of them staying or what are the odds of either of them staying? No, none of the, not, neither will be staying. And, not, and even we haven't even spoke about Jordan Sweet too. I think he's we'll get apparently... To, we'll get to him in a minute. We'll yeah. get to him in a minute. Okay, yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. That's fine. Uh, no, they're both gone as far as I'm concerned, Young and Lipinski. The only concern for me is just getting something for them. And yeah, look, a third round pick I'd take for Young. And if we could get any of the combination for of you know 36 or or such, give or take whatever the other pies picks are, the better pick that they've got that's not 22, I'd take that and run with it. So I think you said pick 43 earlier for, for I Young. Said, um, yeah, 43, yep. Which, which was, is, is 378 points. Uh, pick 36. Uh, you said was Collingwood's next best pick. I am going via I am going via wiki here, so please don't disregard. But it's all right. It's edited. Well, that's worth five hundred and two points. Then there's forty one. Uh, Matt, what is forty one worth? Four hundred twelve. Thank you. So yep, again, the pies have got five picks within twelve selections. That's thirty six to forty eight. That is again according to wiki. So again, I'd much rather use trust the AFL website, but I don't know if they've updated that uh, that draft table yet. I see, right. Well, I'm sure when we revisit all of this next week, we'll oh, have a pick bit of romance here. The pick 36 that Pies have is actually our uh, 2021 second rounder that we traded for Adam Trelaw. So they can hand that back, please. What goes around comes around. You mentioned it, you touched on it very, very briefly, because uh, the last one is the ruck situation, because this is something that we always seem to talk about, especially given our uh, second choice ruckman and Lewis Young to back to depart the club. Still have uh, we, even, even our third choice is gone too, and uh, you know, and Lynn Johnson. We've got Bailey Williams and Josh Dunkley to, to hold the fort at this point. Yeah, so yeah, it's looking a yeah, looking a, a bit bare our ruck stocks at the moment. So being reported by Sam Edmund today that the Bulldogs are in the market for a ruckman. Now I know it's a it's an obvious thing to to suggest, but uh, that that's been reported by Sam Edmund today. Uh, now Stephen Martin is keen to stay on. There's no deal as of yet, um, but there is an acceptance that he'll stay on for, for next year, which I suspect would be his final year at the club. No idea, though, think... of course, if it's a primary or a rookie spot. So we, we don't know that. Okay. Because oh, it, right, it is, remember, this, as you, as you mentioned, just said, he doesn't have an, a deal at this point. So it could be a rookie contract still, potentially. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. Well, I feel mm. that they'll... I feel like they will be want to keep him on if they can't bring anybody else in. Mm, I think so. But I think if they yeah. if they can really replenish the ruck stocks, I think they may be inclined to mm. let him go. And I think that's just I what think, they're they're just waiting to see what happens. I think at the I moment. I think from what I heard a couple of days ago, is that regardless of what's going on with all these players departing or as such, we are still looking for our our intentions at least at this point. Are to land two ruckman and a key defender. Okay, so that's what I've heard. More for Lipinski. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. That solves two. That solves two of so, those three so names. There, so there's so. the ruckman. There's the ruckman and the key back. And now we I just need the other ruckman and, and uh, Young for. Oh no, I was going to say Young for Weidering. All right then. Um, we can turn it to two key defenders. That would also go. We can throw it. Then we can throw Weidering up at center half forward if we wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then then maybe Mitch, Mitch Hannon for for Max Gorn. 
Channing can oh, go yes. back to Melbourne. I like that one. I think that works. Okay, that works. All right, well, I mean, that, that was pretty easy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Who's this Sam Powell? What's he doing, you know, <laughs> withering around and wasting time? And you mentioned Sweet. There's currently a one-year deal that's being rookie, offered to Sweet. This is reported contract. by Ryan Daniels. So one-year deal for Sweet to remain on the rookie list, although there are clubs that are circling him. I think West Coast was one. Uh, yeah. Did you say Geelong they was said, another? Geelong is another one. Yes. They're circling so many clubs as well. Everyone's I mean, clubs. They're, they're circling so many players. Though, according to West Coast, they're saying Sweet is not a priority, but they're just doing their – they're doing more than, say, due diligence. They're intrigued but it's not a priority per se because he's just more, he's more there for depth because it's thinking, does he want to move to another club yeah. where he'd be depth? Well, it'd probably be I a mean, primary role, a primary list spot, but and a bit more cash yeah, yeah. in that regard. But um, does he it's a bit interesting, start ahead yeah. of Nat Nui? I think they probably both average the same amount of marks per game. So what did Nat Nui take last year? I swear that he Well, I, did, I think last year, like uh, I think, marks oh, look, a match, Nat Nui. I'll tell you one key statistic. Uh, Jordan Sweet averaged more mouth-offs at the crowd than uh, Nick Nanui did last year. He also averaged more mouth-offs <laughs> than games last year, I think, too. So... I do, do love him, though. I do love Jordan uh, We do. We're, yeah, we like him. Dishes it we out. like him. But on, uh, off the top so... of my head, I think he's actually gone off my instincts. And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he goes down to Prince's. Now, the key with, uh, with all of that sort of situation with the ruck conundrum is that there's no name yet. So, you know, we've, we've, we've had Young and Lipinski and O'Brien, but in the Ruck situation, there's no name. Uh, there's Ruckman who are available. Yes, there's as John in Segler. Segler yes. There's uh, Max Lynch. Uh, dare I say it, Mason Cox. Uh, Peter Laddams is, is another one. There's, there's a few names mm. that have been floated out that are available. He's another, one. he's another one that's been floated for us, as well as, guess who? Geelong. Um, that's Laddams, of course. So yeah. Cox will be going up to Queensland somewhere, though. And who are the other two names? Sorry that you mentioned there, Matt, please. Uh, I mentioned Max Lynch. Max, okay, so we're not interested in him. Yeah, we're not interested in Lynch at all. So expect him to go to Hawthorne, genuinely, and I can say that confidently. Expect Lynch to go to Hawthorne. Hawthorne, There's John Segler. And expect him to come to us. All I can say is whatever the heck happens, we are landing a Ruckman. And I like it. Yeah, it's just who the heck it's going to be. And in this case, it looks like he's going to be Segler. What about um, yeah. what what about Max going to the the Bulldogs? Any, any truth to that one? Well, we can trade them pick seventy five. I'm sure they could do that. <laughs> yeah, we can take on his, we can take on his salary too. Oh, I'm I happy. Mean, look, I wouldn't care. He's on the wrong side of thirty. Perfect for Geelong. He'd be one of their <laughs> youngest players. And that's the other thing. What are Geelong doing interested in, in a twenty one year old like Sweet? How, no, so how was Sweet's uh, actually Sweet's twenty three? Would you believe it? Oh my goodness me. That's the same age as Peter Laddams, too. They probably would have they probably would have versed each other actually in the Sandford a couple of years ago. But I don't know how so many years ex- Laddams was on the list for at Port, though, to be fair. So we expect Sweet to depart. I think so. Uh, we expect Lynch, Max Lynch to go to Hawthorne. I'm confident on that. Peter Laddams to stay, did you say? No, he'll he's I think he'll be going. It's just who is he? Would it be go to us? To? I doubt that. Even if Segler doesn't come? Then, yes, I think that's it. All I can understand from what I mentioned last week and whatever it was, um, who we get won't exactly excite us. Well, it'd be a, it'd be a Ruckman who can hold his own that's yeah. not. So what was it? I, I, I should have found these numbers. from the wheelchair. I should have found these numbers, but I, need to, I still need to find them. But it's based upon hit-outs and hit-outs to advantage ratio. And Segler rates quite highly in hit-outs 
uh, win ratio, somewhere around the forty percent range, which is, you know, give or take in the top ten. Maybe even, uh, I would be maybe even the, the the five to five to eight bracket, four to eight bracket. Sorry, I think in terms of that, in perhaps, terms of resets. Perhaps I'm just reading into it a bit too much, but I think Segler or Laddams arriving, I'd be pretty happy with that. Actually, I'd be very happy with that. And they're be, they'd be, be best twenty-two players too. Look, it's it's sure. not it's not a it's not the A plus uh, no. top five player in the comp Ruckman, mm. but it doesn't need to be. And I mean, it doesn't Martin, want its trade period either, but it doesn't matter. Was I mean, did did the Martin arrival excite a lot of Bulldogs fans last year? I think it did. And we're talking about a thirty-four-year-old Ruckman who's um, and he played nine games know, for us. Who, yeah, uh, who only yeah, and he only played about half a dozen games. For, for Brisbane in 2020 as well, or something yeah. like that. Eight games, eight games for Brisbane last year. Yeah, there you go. It's just interesting because before that, he'd played 100 and oh, I've got the numbers exactly, but he played like 120 of the previous 125 games. So, oh, yeah, just no, a shame. Just a so shame so just, just to recap here, so you expect Segler to arrive? Yep. Um, if not him, then, then, then I'd say, Adams. then I'd say we'd go right in on Laddams, but then it depends because. Last year, the Swans inquired about Laddams, didn't they, for, for Aaliyah Aaliyah, and that didn't happen. Okay. And now they've got the cap space. Well, the Swans had a bit of cap space anyways to sign Jordan Dawson or to race on, on, on a long-term deal. So you'd assume they'd have the money to cover Laddams, and here's the key phrase, back-ended deal. Ah, uh, which wouldn't make it, which would make him a restricted free agent. Oh God, no, don't, don't. Oh. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how many years he's been playing, to be honest, Laddams. It's minimum four, no, though, I think. Yeah, it's definitely wonder, not. No, no, I wonder um, actually, how long has he been playing for? Four years, five years? I don't even know. Five years. Yeah. Uh, where is he? You better find that out because I think we're, that's just about going to take us to the end otherwise, Nick. He kicked his um, second goal against keep... us in the, in the in the rain where Shaggy kicked three in 2019. I think that's going to just about do us. So we're actually going to keep fairly on track. It's going to be about maybe just a touch over 60 minutes, 61, 62 you're, minutes. You're kidding me. Is. This is probably no, the I'm shortest serious. episode we've had in three years. Yeah, reckon, reckon so. So what is it, four years or five? God, I still haven't even worked it out because it doesn't happen. It's not showing it. It's, it's not showing Come it. Come on, Nick. Where is he? We don't have 20, all night. Taken as a rookie in 2016. 17, so, 18, 19, so he's the same 20, as young. So five years. Runner-up in the Sandville Best and Ferris 2019. So you heard it here first. Western Bulldogs fans and Salt Bulldog fans, I suppose. John Segler. Uh, then Peter Adams. And other than and that, then who C, the heck knows? And then when in doubt, just name Zane Cordy again. Yeah. That's going to be it for us for another week, though, of the Salty Bulldog. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Salty Bulldog podcast. You'll be able to listen to all previous episodes or future episodes. There'll be plenty of off-season content to chew through in the coming weeks. You'll be able to subscribe to the Salty Bulldog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and our social media channels as well. Facebook, the Salty Bulldog. Instagram, that.salty.bulldog and at the Salty Bulldog on Twitter. Be sure to follow and click the notification bell for all the latest updates as they come through the door. There's also our website as well, www.thesaltybulldog.wixsite.com forward slash home, where you'll be able to read all the articles that we produce over the off season. And based on the uh, conversing that Nick and I have done over the past week, you can expect there'll probably be plenty of top five articles of all sorts of different categories to sift through. Uh, we look forward to writing them. We hope you look forward to reading them. But until then, that's going to be it from us this week. I've been Matthew Donald. I've had Nick Galea with me. Thank you, Nick. Always a pleasure. Really enjoyable episode, this one. To all our listeners around the world, wherever you have been tuning in, we do thank you for your time. But until next week, take care. <laughs>